Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher, and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Good afternoon, baby cakes. And today, we're going to learn about crickets and rubber erasers. Paige will be your researcher today, and I'll be the guesser. Let's get rebutted. Hello. Hello. First of all, I just want to say I love your hair. Thank you. Dyed it. Is it purple or black? Both. I love it. Thank you. You really can't see the purple, but it's in there. I promise. I see it when I wash my hair. I believe you. Perhaps it's one of those where it's like you hold it up to the light and it turns purple. Exactly. Okay. Wait. You know what else makes wee-woo noises? What? Crickets. True. Okay, are you afraid of crickets? I wouldn't say I'm more afraid of crickets than any other insect. Like, I don't want to touch them. And if they're outside, I guess I don't really mind them. But if they're, like, in my house, I, you know, that's a problem. That's fair. Because I will say, again, another story about when we were apple picking. I will say you did spot a cricket in the grass and you were more excited than scared, which I was actually surprised about. Yeah, I mean, crickets are cool. They jump and you don't really actually see them that much. And then like later that day when I got back to my parents, I saw another cricket outside. So, I mean, it was pretty exciting. Wow, you had a blessed day, huh? I did. Like my relationship with insects is complicated. I hate them, but then certain ones I'm more okay with. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, like crickets. Yeah, I'm okay with crickets. I don't mind like the chirpy chirpy ones so long as they're not in my space. Yeah, I get. I have a lot of chirpy, chirpy ones outside of my house. You do to the point where, yeah, if you're on like a video call with me, you can hear them doing chirpy, chirpy if my window is open. It's true because they're so loud and there's like hundreds of them. Yeah, yeah, they're mating uh, call. Well, we'll get into that. Oh, <laughs> let's jump in. First of all, uh, do crickets have wings? Yes. Yeah, not only do they have wings, but some of them have two sets of wings. Wow. Yeah. And not all of them necessarily fly. Sometimes they're just like there to have them. But yeah, most of them do have wings. I like it. I wish I had wings. But I also wish I had a tail like Goku. So. Mm, Okay, see, I don't think I would be able to drive with the tail. I think I feel like it would be too inconvenient. Hmm. Like, imagine you have to, like, shampoo it, like, wash it, and it's, like, if you want to sit in a chair, then, like, your tail gets all, like, cramped in it, so you have to, like, drill a hole into your chair, so your tail has, like, its own little room to pop out, and then it's, like, does it, does it take muscle to have it lifted all the time, or, like, 
would it just be drooping and like, you know, flopping behind you? Would you have to go to the gym to exercise your tail? These are all very good questions. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, wings would be cool, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Do crickets have ears? Yeah. No. No. No, they can hear though. Yeah. Um, they use these like little sensors on their legs called tympani, but they do not actually have ears. Oh, like not, they don't have ears in the way that we think of them. No, they have like sensors. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. A vast majority of these questions are about the chirp. Okay. And we're, we're about to get into those. <laughs> okay. So first of all, how do they make the chirping noise? It's like with their legs, right? It's actually with their wings. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And there's a lot of complicated anatomy words in the Wikipedia article. So I'm just going to try and dumb it down. I'll have you know, I passed anatomy and anatomy lab one in college. Okay. I was about to say, I'm about to dumb it down for myself, but go off, I guess. I just felt the need to flex that, but go on. Okay. It was a hard road. I understand. (laughs) Did you, was that one of the ones you failed initially? Okay. So what happened was I passed lecture initially, Mm -hmm. barely. And that was Mm -hmm. the semester that I had really bad mono. And then Mm -hmm. it was lab, which is counted separately. And I had a different professor for it. I went in on like the midterm day sat down at the exam, left half of it blank. And it was the type of exam where you had to like move to the next station every three minutes. And I left most of the exam blank and then I handed it in and then I dropped the class and retook it the next semester. So I I passed (laughs) lecture the first time and I didn't technically fail, but I would have failed if I didn't drop and retake. Yeah. It's like, you can't fire me. I quit kind of thing. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Got it. Okay. To be fair, I was very ill that semester. No, no, I completely understand. Mono will do that to you. Yeah. Okay. So basically, they rub like a certain little part of their front wings together. And they're called, yeah, the front wing is called the elytra and the tegmen, I believe. And the sound of the rubbing resonates in a little air pocket in their body, which amplifies it. Oh. So that's how, why so loud. Where's the air pocket? I believe the Wikipedia article said it's like between their exoskeleton and like their fleshy bits on the inside. Interesting. But I would have to double check the article again. Do all crickets chirp? No. Correct. Only like certain species of male crickets will chirp. And they like they can only chirp if they have the front wings. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. <laughs> It's not like necessarily that funny. It's just like the way that was worded that like made me laugh. How do you get a cricket to shut up? <laughs> uh, give it a female cricket. You know, yeah, that perhaps. Though I did see that like when crickets are done mating, like the male will let out like a little victory chirp. <laughs> relatable maybe they would be quiet for like 10 minutes (laughs) wow before he just goes off again okay but apparently like so crickets are most active in warm temperatures so if one is in your house try turning on the air conditioning in the room that you think it's in and because it's going to get colder it will stop chirping oh 
And if you're outside and you want it to shut up, just like walk in the direction that it's chirping until you get close enough to it. And then they'll be like, oh God, danger, time to be quiet. And then they'll stop chirping. But that's only if you're nearby. That's a great strategy. Why do crickets chirp? It's a mating call. Yes, it is definitely a mating call. And sometimes they do it to deter other males. Sometimes they let out their little victory doot when they're done doing the do. But yeah, for the most part, it's like mating purposes. Like birds. Yeah, like birds. Why do crickets sometimes chirp at different speeds? To allure in females if one chirp isn't working. I like it. It sounds like it would make sense. Yeah. But it actually has like everything to do with temperature. Oh. A little bit, a little bit of, is about like uh, varying species to species, but like uh, the warmer the weather, the faster the cricket chirps. More energy. Yeah. And another cricket fun fact. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, you can actually calculate the temp. Wait, hang on. You can actually calculate the temperature by listening to like the way very specific cricket species chirps. Mm-hmm. It's called. It's called the snowy tree cricket. And you listen to how many times it chirps every specifically 14 seconds. And then you add 40 to that. And that's the temperature in Fahrenheit, apparently. And this has been proven, apparently. I love how that's like a thing, though. I Like, oh, I love yeah. how that's accurate. I, lo- I love and- that some person just like noticed that probably in like 18 something and just logged it yeah and that it doesn't correspond with celsius only fahrenheit only fahrenheit this is why we have the imperial system usa at what decibel do crickets chirp loud yes i'm gonna say 20 oh no is it higher they chirp at a hundred decibels. Wow. Or like up to a hundred decibels. I, yeah. Cause like when you have one in your house, it's so loud. Yeah. They can chirp. They can rub their little wingies together and make quite a lot of noise. Like for reference, a vacuum cleaner is 75 decibels. <laughs> a cricket chirps louder than a vacuum cleaner. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. I have newfound respect for them. Me too. How far can a cricket jump? I guess it depends on the species, but I'm going to say four feet. You're pretty close. Um, Most of the common cricket species, like the field cricket, for example, can jump about three feet in one bound, which again, for reference, a rabbit jumps three feet high, like Mm -hmm. at maximum. So they're like surprisingly strong. Imagine just being able to jump many times your actual height. Yeah, like the Olympic long jump is just like expanded to an entire football field. Yeah, and like that's just your life. Like you can just do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then like you wouldn't have to like commute anywhere via car. You would just commute via jump. Yeah. And like imagine, imagine how strong your calves would be. It would be magical. If you ever had like a cricket jump at you, it is terrifying. It is terrifying. (laughs) 
I think I've talked about this before, but the house that I used to live in used to be infested with spider crickets. Oh, God. Yeah, and spider crickets are very, they're very leggy boys, like leggier than your average cricket. Mm -hmm. So they go like over three feet per bound. Oh, no. Yeah, they they like fling themselves. I wish I could fling myself. Oh my god, I would love to fling myself just directly into a trash can. Yes. But regardless, and spider crickets, okay, I haven't actually done research on this in a few years, so this might be a little inaccurate right now, but spider crickets are really stupid, okay? When they are, like, faced with a predator, which they view people as because big boy. Big boy. Their instinct is to jump at the predator to confuse them. If you're like a bird or something, you'd be like, cool, free meal. But as a person, <laughs> and if you're not the best around bugs. I mean, it just, would definitely deter me. Yes, it just makes for a nightmare from April through October. Oh, yes, a nightmare. <laughs> it's just a one long living nightmare. Oh, You've God. You've seen them before. They've been in my room. I have seen them. Over. Yeah. They're horrible. They're awful. No, God. <sighs> okay, last question about crickets. Tell me about crickets as a food source. So, I mean, people have been eating crickets for a long time. They yeah. are, yeah, they're abundant. They're a protein source. They're uh, sustainable. You can farm them like they are farmed. And more and more in recent years in the Western world, you can find stuff like cricket flour, cricket candies, just cricket everything. Mm -hmm. And so they're really good for you as far as an animal protein source goes. They're much better for you than other sources, like other animal sources. Um, I have had the opportunity to try these snacks. I have not tried these snacks. I'm not... I'm not hating on it. I know the rest of the world eats crickets and other insects. We're the weirdos here in America. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not. Okay, but what if it was like cricket flour? Right, yeah. I've I've had access to cricket flour. I've had access to snacks made with cricket flour. Okay, but you won't you won't eat anything with cricket flour in it? Absolutely not. And I don't want anybody to ever trick me into it. I think lying to someone about what's in their food is cruel right absolutely I'm just surprised because I like I would get you not wanting to eat like a full cricket yeah I would have thought you would have like eaten cricket flour no I won't do it huh I think I think I would do the flour not like oh here have some cricket flour cookies yeah but like a cricket brownie well because here's the thing like cricket flour you don't have to just like use it as a flour substitute it can be used as an additive you can put it in smoothies yeah or like you can have regular flour pasta but you can also put cricket flour in it to bulk it up yeah which is like I'd be cool with that I don't think it would probably taste that much different maybe it would be like grainier I don't know oh uh, <laughs> you know bonus uh, protein oh no but like the full on thing, I don't know if I could do either. I would have to get like a good look at it and I would have to have like a staring contest with it and see if I win it or not. And if I won, then maybe I would eat it. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. 
But yeah, they are super popular around the world, specifically in Southeast Asia, like Thailand and Vietnam. Mm -hmm. A lot of those countries actually farm crickets, like you said. They're a very common snack, and they're even a staple in a lot of those countries. Yeah, I mean, it makes total sense. They're much better for the environment if you farm them. It, it just everything about it, like if you're going to eat plant protein, everything points toward crickets and other insects. Yeah, and like as a person for the environment, I'm all for like switching to something like that. But I get why other people are like not ready for that. Because that is a big jump from what we're used to in a Western society. Yeah, and like I'm someone who I cannot label myself as vegetarian, but I eat plant-based and vegan most of the time. And so like I'm not going to be eating animal I don't eat animal protein that much in general, but like I wouldn't be upset if the western world, especially America, made a transition from other animal proteins to to crickets, which is still an animal protein. I would be more okay with that as like a stepping stone to plants only. I think I'd just be okay with it like as a stepping, not necessarily stepping stone onto like bigger and better things, but just like have it be an option. Yeah, yeah. I think it should be a more widespread option. Like, do I think they can make cricket burgers and have them be good? No. But could they make like cricket flour in things like pasta and like cookies as like not the star ingredient, but like something to bulk it up, like how we use like sawdust. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a great substitute for sawdust. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and now it's time for a word for our sponsors. Do you wish you knew the temperature? Are you done with standard thermometers? Then you need the cricket thermometer. The cricket thermometer. Watch as you open the package and a cricket on a tiny bicycle inside of a thermometer begins to flap its wings. You'll know how hot or cold it is as you watch that cricket flap and flap. Bonus, you'll have sound effects to record because that cricket will chirp. Watch and listen in amazement as the months get warmer and your cricket gets faster. It'll generate a digital number on your thermometer so you always know the temperature. That's what the tiny bicycle is hooked up to. The Cricket Thermometer. In stores tomorrow. Brought to you by the American Citrus Council. <laughs> I couldn't talk because like... <laughs> I saw. <laughs> like my... I was took a sip of my water and like my mouth got suctioned to it. <laughs> so I didn't want it to make a noise in the middle of your wonderful cricket advertisement. Thank you. Um <laughs> just going to rapid fire. Okay. It's time. <laughs> okay. This is how this is going to work. I'm going to give Rachel one minute to answer as many questions as possible. And if you hear this noise, that means she got it right. And if you hear this noise, that means she got it wrong. Are you ready? Ready. Spell my name backwards. E-G-I-A-P. When were digital drawing tablets invented? 1993. Are there any animals that have three nostrils? Yes. 
<laughs> Can whales only breathe through their blowholes? No. Is whiteout just paint? Yes. How many blades of grass are in a square foot? Uh, 200. What are clouds made of? Water vapor. When did the first Animal Crossing come out? 2002. What is a limpet? I don't know. What's the average age where people spot their first gray hair? 35. 28. What was the first pen color? Black. And we're at a time. I... I had spelled my name backwards in there twice for some reason, so I had to like take a moment. Okay. I see that you edited. Yes, I did. To blink at all those questions. I get a notification on my phone and my laptop every time you edit. Oh god, even at like two in the morning. Yeah. I do that a lot. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> like I never see like all the questions. I just see like one question for that week. Like, so for example, the notes since you just edited, I just saw the question, what was the first pen ink color? Oh. I only ever see one question at a time. Spoilers for next week. Yeah. You know, I only have you added on there so you can put your own questions in there, but you never have any. Um well, I don't want to see the ones that you have in there. I mean, you could just, well, whatever. We don't have to discuss that right now. Yeah. You know what we are going to discuss right now? Tell me. Erasers. Erasure. No, not erasure. <laughs> I feel like that's a different topic. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that we are not discussing today, but perhaps could in the distant future. Can't wait. <laughs> specifically rubber erasers i yeah. do know that there are other kinds of erasers i'm looking at you chalk eraser but you know we're not doing that right now nope we have no room for chalk erasers in this episode no so tell me what erasers are made out of today rubber yeah mostly rubber be it natural or synthetic a uh, few other additives and whatnots and bonus ingredients. Uh, Is sawdust that... one of them? Possibly. Oh. I, I wouldn't know because most eraser manufacturers keep their eraser recipes a trade secret. That makes sense. Maybe there's crickets in there. We'll never know. <laughs> yeah, we'll never know. <laughs> uh, what was used before rubber erasers? What would we use to erase our things? Whiteout. Um, can you think of anything else? Uh, plastic erasers. I, something tells me that plastic erasers were not around before rubber erasers. Um, clay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you were writing in charcoal, you would use wax. If you were using ink, you would use pumice or sandstone. Pumice. And of all things, to erase pencil, like pencil graphite or pencil lead, you would use breadcrumbs. Oh. Yeah, right? Interesting. I guess that sops up the graphite or whatever. I guess so. And just a quick side note question. What was rubber initially used for? before we're talking erasers chewing gum um possibly i don't know 
Um, but what I do know is, remember that weed we were talking about around this time last year, Christopher Columbus? Yes. So he didn't like discover rubber or anything or like find any good uses for it. But when he first landed in Haiti, he noticed the natives would gather sap from trees and like they would wad it up and like the kids would play with it by like chucking it around like a Super Bowl. Wow. So uh, before rubber got its start as like an eraser, it was pretty much just a toy. I love that. I love that origin. Humble beginnings. Yeah. And so how do you think the modern eraser came to be? Well, artists were like, we need a better way. And the capitalists were like, we agree. And so the socialist artists came to union with the capitalists and developed the first rubber eraser. Honestly, sounds like it would be true. Yeah. (laughs) But unfortunately, it's time to get rebutted. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so... Once upon a time, there was an English priest slash chemist named, get ready for this. I'm ready. Joseph Priestley. Joseph Priestley. (laughs) Joseph Priestley, the priest. Wow. And he was supposedly reaching for his breadcrumb eraser to erase something that he was writing. But he accidentally grabbed like a wad of rubber he had on his desk for God knows what reason. My, My guess is like a stress ball or something, but who knows? Oh, like a fidget toy. Yeah, yeah. And so he grabbed that instead of his bread and he didn't realize it, but he used it to erase. And he was like, wow, this actually works really well. And then some guy named Edward Nerny saw that and he made rubber erasers into an official product from there. Wow. And thus bread was obsolete. Who knew that that's what would make bread finally obsolete? Like who even eats bread anymore? No, it's like if you eat bread, you're the devil. Exactly. How dare you ingest carbs? Bread eaters out there, what is wrong with you? This message brought to you by the American Citrus Council. Exactly. Okay, so we have our happily ever after with our little rubber erasers, but when they first started manufacturing them, um, they still weren't the best. Uh, Why do you think that is? Well, um, see rubber hadn't been farmed correctly and so they were just dealing with supply chain issues (laughs) again if I didn't know any better I would believe you yeah (laughs) and that's your job yeah yeah (laughs) it's okay so it's because rubber is organic and so like yeah it erases fine but you know, after you have it on your desk for like a week or, you know, a month or whatever, it starts to rot and get icky. Mm-hmm. Like it decomposed way quicker than you would actually go through an entire eraser. So your erasers were just getting erased before you could use them to erase. What nerve? Absolutely. How dare you decompose? If you decompose, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, and it's called death. Yeah. (laughs) What is done to rubber erasers to make them last longer? Preservatives. Yeah. Do you know what the process is called? Rubber preservation. Pretty close. Um, Rubber is treated and cured with sulfur and the process is called vulcanization. Oh. Yeah. 
And like you can vulcanize a bunch of things, but it's most notably done with rubber to make erasers. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. And so that's what we use as our modern erasers today. It's either natural or synthetic rubber that's been vulcanized with a few other additives and whatnots. However, erasers still get crappy over time. Yes. Why would that be the thing now that we have our lovely vulcanized erasers? What else is wrong? Capitalism. I mean, that is one of them. Yeah. But can you think of anything else? Well, they have no incentive to make a longer lasting eraser. Okay, we'll get into the capitalism part in a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I guess the other reason is that like sulfur breaks down over time and so it'll eventually decompose. Okay, that's pretty close. So the vulcanization process, uh, while it like definitely helps preserve them, it doesn't make erasers indestructible. So after being exposed to like a certain amount of light and dry air they will begin to harden regardless Mm -hmm. but there is a way you can restore hard erasers do you You put it in a bag with a piece of bread i wish like brown sugar (laughs) (laughs) like how you like how you treat your wet foam by putting it in a bag of rice exactly (laughs) unfortunately that is not it you actually dip it in a cup of warm water and you massage it until it becomes elastic again. This makes me uncomfortable. I, you know, it makes me uncomfortable too. And I haven't actually tested it yet. So listeners, uh, be advised that once again, we get our information from semi-unreliable sources. Can you please try this at home, listeners, and like send us a video of this like I just want to see if this works yeah take your crusty ass erasers you have from the third grade and just dunk them in a bowl of water and see what happens yeah I'm really desperate to know okay so you know that pen erasers are a thing yes um what's the difference between a pen eraser and the regular eraser a regular eraser wait no I don't think there is a difference there is actually a difference okay the difference is a, a pen eraser is made out of plastic instead of rubber. You're very close. Oh. It's not made out of plastic. It's made out of pumice or like it oh. has pumice in it. Oh, okay. So that gives it some oomph. Yeah. Not enough, apparently. <laughs> yeah, not enough. Do you think that pen erasers work well? No. Why do you think they don't work well? Because I've used them. <laughs> so first... <laughs> Yeah, I've used them and they're garbage. Yes. (laughs) Okay, let me let you in on like a little secret that I found during my research. I like a good secret. Pen erasers, like when they were first made, and I can't find, I couldn't find like when they were first really, you know, marketed as pen erasers. They were not even supposed to be pen erasers. What were they supposed to be? Crayon erasers? They're supposed to be like to use on a heavier stock paper so like watercolor paper or like poster board for example on graphite yeah on graphite oh wow like because like rubber erasers on like have you ever tried to use like a rubber eraser on like those smooth poster pieces of paper and it's like it's not come off that well yes and I don't want to talk about it Yes, that's where that's where the pen eraser comes in. It's more abrasive, so it gets into the paper and it removes it. That's why 
pen erasers always rip your paper in half because they're supposed to be more abrasive. Oh, well, this is just a friendly reminder to you and to the listeners. Make sure you only exfoliate once a week. Yeah, because you know what pumice does to a piece of paper where it rips it in half? That's what it does to your skin if you use it too much. Yeah, so stop your exfoliation. This message was brought to you by the American Citrus Council. Again, a lot of product ads today. (laughs) Why do erasers um, make dust and flaky bits? Well, because as you use the eraser, as it does its job, it kind of falls apart. Essentially, yeah. Um, When you make friction by rubbing the eraser on the paper, the rubber molecules start to heat up and they become more like sticky slash adhesive. And this causes them to flake away from the actual eraser, but they pick up the graphite with it, thus doing the eraser thing. The eraser thing. Yeah. The newest TikTok dance. (laughs) is that even still a thing like are people still dancing on tiktok i think so they must be what else would they be doing over there if not dancing if not dancing and throwing milk gallons in the middle of the aisle which do not did not like that trend no made a mess for people what's the difference between like a, a standard pencil eraser and a kneaded eraser A standard pencil eraser is pretty rigid where a kneaded eraser, you can like make it into different shapes so you can better cover the area that you're trying to cover. Yeah, that's pretty much true. The only other thing is kneaded erasers don't necessarily have to be made out of rubber. And because of this, they don't flake like other erasers do. Yeah, I've noticed that. Okay, last question. You know, like those cute little decorative erasers that, you know, they're like in the shape of a strawberry or something. They're adorable, but they're terrible. Exactly. Why are they terrible? Because they're cheap. Yeah, capitalism. This is where the capitalism is. Yeah, capitalism. So like the manufacturers know that people are going to buy them because they're cute. Yeah. And like in order to make a bunch of them, they use less rubber and they'll use more plastics no yeah and like not only is this bad for the environment first of all the specific class plastics i believe are called thermoplastics they're easier to mold and are cheaper to make and the plastic will result in a poorer quality thanks i hate it so they're mostly just for decoration and to show off to your friends at that recess yeah, like you receive an amazing eraser and then you can't even use it. I I actually have like a few decorative erasers that I just like, I keep as display. Yeah. I'm just never used in my entire life. Yeah, and you never will. No, they're probably so brittle that they would snap in half if I touched them. I'd like to see that. I don't. I've had them since like the sixth grade. Oh, okay. Oh, that about does it. Well, that about does it for this episode of Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can find us on social media on Twitter at Research Rebut and on Facebook and Instagram at Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can email us topic suggestions at researchrebuttalpodcast at gmail.com and let us know, have you or would you ever eat cricket products? And please send us videos of reviving old erasers. And what's your favorite eraser brand? Mine is Stradlater. Yeah, tell us. I like the one that's probably the one that you're talking about, but I don't know. Oh, no, wait, that might be the one that I don't like. I don't remember. 
didn't know we had eraser tastes in this podcast. We do. I like a, I like a very specific kind of eraser. I also like a good Ticonderoga, like the pencil and the eraser. Yeah, yeah. Under the right circumstance, me too. And you can email the American Citrus Council at americancitruscouncil at gmail.com and let them know how much you hate capitalism. And what other products would you like us to sponsor? Yeah, tell us. Well, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Recording in progress. Recording in progress. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.